Hi there folks, uh, welcome along to what we hope is going to be episode one of a uh, new long-running variety sports network series of the NFL, but slightly different because it comes with a UK accent. Uh, joining me today, I've got uh, Connor, uh, as he says, the, the King Con 17. Connor is a uh, long-suffering Jets fan up in Sunderland. Nice to meet you, Connor. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for getting in our guinea pig. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Happy to be here. Um, so, yeah, before we uh, dive in, I want to get into training camps, all the hot topic of the fantasy football. But right now in the UK, um, there's kind of been like the major talking point recently about the international series and the tickets for all the games down at Wembley and stuff. Now, I don't know, those who are maybe listening and don't know, the, the NFL are a bit clever with the way they sell their tickets in, in the UK. They sell them in batches and season tickets and stuff, but they... Uh, released the single ticket games for the Packers Giants game, which this year is the, the biggest one, the biggest seller. Um, they went up for sale 9.30 in the morning, at, according to all official sort of websites, logged in at 9.30 and uh, you found you were in a queue of about 600,000 people. Um, I don't know if you even tried to get tickets this year, Connor. Did you uh, see anything about that? Have you had that issue last year? I suppose you may have suffered from that as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't tried this year. Um, unfortunately, the, the funds won't allow. But um, I remember I, it, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because the single ticket's a lot harder. I guess season ticket is much easier to get hands on. Um, when I last went down, that's how we did it. Season ticket went to the, the three or four games that were available across Wembley and Twickenham, and we found it quite quite easy. So I've never actually had to try and get a single um, ticket. Mm-hmm. But from everything I'm seeing and hearing, it was a bit of a a stressful experience for a lot of people and, and, and the difficulty is as well is you know you're you know Niners fan, I'm a Jets fan and you know we want to see the NFL in the UK. So regardless of it is we're going to try and buy tickets. So those fan, people who are actually fans of the Packers the actual friends you know yeah they're gonna potentially miss out seeing their team come across the pond. Unfortunately I, I, I didn't get the chance to go see the Jets last year which would have been great to see. Again it's tough bought a house so it you know kind of eats your money doesn't it? So uh, it was a Bad time for the Jets to come across, but yeah, it's, it doesn't seem to have uh, gone across too well. But that's the nature of the beast, I suppose. It's popular. It's really, really sort of popular now in the UK, and, and people are wanting to go and see it, you know. So it's kind of how do you win, really? How do you win? How do you lose? I think that I think, as you say, the nature of the beast because it was the Packers' first time coming over, and the Packers do have like a massive following. It was always going to be more tricky, as you say. Buying season tickets, it's a it's a it's an outlay, obviously, because you you've got to pay for all the games. And as a as a fan of the the sport, you might want to go and see them. But if it's not really your team, you're a bit like oh, it's a sort of big outlay just in case you know to have a seat for next year, which is yeah. kind of how a lot of season tickets get sold. So yeah, it was a bit of a shame, and you know, the, a lot of people upset about it. A lot of what I found really upsetting was the how quickly Viagogo suddenly had tickets from you know it's face value tickets that were going for 57 80 quid or whatever else to somebody look on Viagogo and they were on there for 800 900 pounds whilst people are still in the queue to buy tickets it's just insane that you think how can Ticketmaster and the NFL I suppose really allow that to happen that you know yes it's a supply demand thing but surely they're you know they're impacting on real fans who want to go and see their team 100 absolutely I mean as you mentioned, I'm uh, son of a living son, and we had uh, Ed Sheeran perform here a uh, month mm-hmm. or two ago. And one of the things he does with his tickets is, you know, you can't resell for higher than the face value, and you can't resell um, 
apart from a couple of certain sites that he's allowed and kind of okayed it. And that's that's the approach I really should be taking this. So people aren't being taken advantage of because people are going to want to go see it. You know, they'll have missed out on tickets and they'll, they'll spend the money because it's potentially, you know, it's the first time the Packers have come across it. So once, potentially a once-in-a-lifetime thing. They may never come across again. Aaron Rodgers may never see him again over here. So it's it's that's how you've got to kind of police it almost in terms of that so that people aren't getting their eyes gouged out and spending you know, so much, two, three, four times the amount of what a single ticket should be going for because it is a, it's a great day out when you're down there um, and, it, and it already costs quite a lot, you know, for example, me, yeah, £100 on the train to get down there for a turn minimum and you've got, you know, if you're staying over, um, you know, there's a night there potentially, food and drink on the day, you're going to want to buy merchandise. So, like, it, it, it adds up and then if you put in, you know, people spending three, four pounds of equipment on just a single ticket as well just to go and see it. Yeah. So expensive, and it just needs to be probably policed a bit better. I think you're right. I think that's where it comes into. It's you know, you say people make an event of it. You know, the UK they travel from far and wide across the UK to come to London to do these events because they are fans and they want to see it. But it is it's a cost that comes with that with travel and, and staying over because London is the most expensive place in the UK to come and you know stay and whatever else. So lots of people travel down, make an event of it. But yeah, they need to kind of regulate or at least manage who they allow to resell. I think using Ticketmaster as the official ticket site. Well, I suppose it's the biggest in the world, but you can't let their sister site, you know, Viagogo, then be, you know, yeah. selling tickets five, six times the face value. There's got to be a face value sort of limitation on it. So fingers crossed somebody listens, because I, I know it, it even broke, the news actually broke in the US as well. I think I saw something that a Detroit newspaper or, or, or a, and something out in the US were saying that's pretty bad, actually, but, you know, the UK fan have done that. And I... I saw something, I don't know if you saw this, the Munich one was even worse because obviously Tom Brady, the only yeah. chance that people in Europe might get to see Tom Brady playing in Munich, I think I heard somebody queuing up for, they had a number in front of them, like 652,000, they were in the queue for a, a stadium that told 90,000 people. Yeah, you may as well look out at that point. It's like, what's the point of sitting there? And again, tickets on there were like three grand on, on the, the ticket resale sites. And that's just that's just it's just insane, and it just drives the real fans out of the thing, doesn't it? Just absolutely, it puts them off as well. Like you've had that experience, are you really going to try again next year? Um, but also on the same time, it also then might push them towards getting a season ticket when they don't really want to. They don't want really to like it. And you end up spending more money on something that they don't really need. Yeah. Probably aligned somewhere to that. The, not necessarily the real fans. That, that's hard because yeah, so, yeah, it's a tough one to call them, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like you you want people to go and experience the game. Like you want people to enjoy it and 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 understand why we we like the game as well. So you know they're a first time fans. So you can't really say the real fans, but you need we need a way of cutting out the the people who are doing it just to make a profit from it because that that's exactly what it is. It's, that's exactly it's the scalpers, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. The amount of times you've been down there and outside the stadium, you've got people, you know, two tickets, two well, yeah, two tickets, three, four signings. Think, yeah, exactly. come on. Then. And unfortunately, as you say, they are taking advantage of people who want to partake and learn and get get involved in the game. So, yeah, hopefully something that Ticketmaster listened to. I think it's safe to say that, you know, the appetite in the UK and Europe is obviously still growing. And still, it's about time that, you know, Mr. Goodall maybe thought about giving us actually a team because, you know, one game sells out four or five times over, then surely having a team based in the UK it's got to be something there's definitely a market for it but uh, all in all I think Ticketmaster and Viagogo are a pilot
just a bit of a convenient mute there because I may have said something. Um, basically, initially, I was going to start talking about training camp here because I, I was waiting to see. Um, we were supposed to have Alex join us. He's a Packers fan. Of, you know, the, the news broke yesterday that uh, Metcalf and his new contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was going to talk to him, but uh, he's not joined us yet. So we'll, we'll hold off on that. How do you think training camp's going for the Jets, though? Have you managed to kind of keep abreast of anything? Yeah, a couple, couple of bits of good news coming out of it. Um, I think uh, obviously Mackay Beckton's back. You, you know, a lot was invested in him. Um, he's been moved from left tackle to right tackle now as well. George Fant will continue at left tackle. Had a good year. Um, so quite quite interesting that you know this guy who was brought in as like the, the building block at left tackle is now being moved across the right. But you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if that's the right decision. Obviously, struggled with injury last year. I still believe he can be a huge pillar and someone to build around in that offensive line alongside AVT. Um, and hopefully we'll see the best of them this year and put, put those injuries behind him. It's, it's difficult to shake that tag in the NFL. Probably one of the sports. It's most difficult to shake an injury tag. Your reputation really counts really hard, doesn't it? It follows you around, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, big, big year. You know, if you can get even, you know, 13, 14 games under his belt out of 17 this year, then that's a, that's a, that's a win for him. So, yeah, uh, hopeful uh, we can see the best of him. Um I mean, on the offensive side, you know, some uh, you, you kind of take a pinch of salt with what the beat reports are saying. You know, they kind of overhype and and then under undersell some some players throughout the, the training camp. But you know, seen quite good things between the connection of uh, Zach and Zach Wilson and, and, and Elijah Moore again this year, which is which is great. Really exciting um, potential offense, young offense this year. You know, yeah, you've got you, you you've got Zach. You've got your new. You're running back straight out yeah, there. Recent running back. Carter is a backup running back as well. That's you know not too not too shabby really. You've got mm. three receivers in Wilson Moore and, and Corey Davis as well. Obviously, Corey Davis will be taking that experienced lead role again, and then you've got the explosiveness and, and youth of, of Wilson and Moore as well in there, and then filling the gaps with the likes of Braxton Berrios and that, and then you know real experience at the tight end position in um, Conklin and Arizona. So you know it's it's an exciting time and. I just it feels a little bit different this year with the Jets. So, you know, quite often it's that false dawn every year, but this year yeah. feels a little bit different. I'm not, you know, sitting here saying they're going to make the playoffs, so they're going to have a, a winning record. But you know, to improve and get seven, eight wins is probably what what they've got to be aiming for this year. You've got to, you've got to be aiming for. I suppose in a way you've got to still be looking to be relevant late November, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, He's that would be 500 as can. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm just thinking also from the defensive side, you know, you've picked up a couple in free agency. The source Gardner at the back will really improve your um, secondary. I think he's yeah. going to be brilliant back there. And I saw that, um, I think Salah's just picked up D Ford as well, hasn't he? Who's sorry? D Ford. No, is it D Ford or is it? Yeah, no, it's Alexander, yeah. So, and I think from from the when he played for us, you know, he was he was full out on all day. He brought, a, he brought an intensity to our defense that I think Salah's looking to bring across. So, I think. That will definitely edge is looking good as well. We've obviously um, drafted Johnson, again a young young talent, and did quite well. He was our uh, third first round pick this year. Got him in the I think it was the late twenties in the end, you know, early twenties. Mm. Surprised that he fell that far, but you know, um, quite excited about him. And then Carl Lawson coming back as well. Like didn't get to play at all last year, and yeah, he was so hyped to sign with the Jets. Um, so it's again, those little sleepers that you kind of forget about. I just think yeah. people get injured and go off but when they come back. It's like it, you know, I just say it's like you've drafted a whole new player again. So exactly. So there's a nice blend in there, you know, with Lawson, Mosley, Alexander. Then you say like to Gardner, Johnson. You still got Quinn and Williams. 
Quincy Williams, his brother, coming in, did a good job last year as well. So, yeah, both sides of the ball looking really, really exciting. Obviously, Salah's a very much a, a defensive-minded coach in terms of that's what he did at the Niners. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was some really exciting stuff done with the with the offensive side as well, with uh, the floor, obviously, who came across with him as well. Um, you know, another year for him running the OC with the Wilson. Um, I'm hopeful, yeah. So, you know, try and be as close to 500 as we can this year. That, that, that's a win in my eyes for us. Yeah. Um, and, and definitely shows on the right path. It shows that Juggler, uh, Joe Douglas did the right thing as well in terms of his approach. You know, he's not just throwing money at the situation. He's, he's building through the draft and the, and the right free agency. So, yeah, really exciting time. And hopeful that uh, this year is not another false dawn for the Jets. Yeah, I suppose, as you say, it's not another false dawn because the Jets have gone through a number of them. But this one does seem like a bit more rounded. There's a bit more to do. It's not just like a one person in the draft. And this is it. This is our saviour. It's like, as you say, they've built team are in a Wilson first last year but now we've, they've got more weapons for him and it does seem like they're, they're doing it the right way this time rather than trying to throw money and get big stars or something just kind of quick fixes it looks like you know it's never going to be you know from where you started it wasn't going yeah. to be a quick fix turnaround and it looks like they're in it for the long haul so Absolutely. definitely definitely good feels coming out of New Jersey for those guys yeah. um, from my side you know the, the Niners training camp is just going to be now, fortunately enough, just going to all be about the Debo contract. Um, yeah, it's got to get done because you know the, the agent, the agent getting paid this summer. I mean, he's he signed AJ Brown, he signed DK Metcalf. He's making he's making money that guy, the agent. But you know, if Debo gets his contract signed, I think that's the last noise. Obviously, that the 49ers have got to deal with now that they've finally finally put to bed the Trey Lance Jimmy scenario that was interesting to watch from the Niners UK base and, and I talked about the 49er Faithful UK group for this that we it, it seemed to get really toxic really toxic amongst the fan base um, and but the UK fan base were all like well we support the team whoever the quarterback is the quarterback is you know we've supported yeah. Jimmy we all watched Jimmy with a little bit of that every now and again but you know he was our quarterback and we knew the trade was coming you know we drafted him last year we knew he was coming. It's, it's happened before. It's not beyond the bounds of you know possibility that you draft a young quarterback, you sit him, and he plays the second year. Why was it such a polarizing um, topic for most 49ers fans on Twitter and social media? There seemed to be you were either one camp or the other, and you couldn't be in both. And it was quite toxic to watch. And I think it's just something that was interesting from you know a UK fan side. And I think we, we touched on it before we jumped on that fans in the US seem to be quite fickle at times with their NFL teams they're not quite like the UK you know the UK you choose your team and you, you bleed that team's colour You that's it that's the team that you have that you, you live that team no matter who's the players whereas in the US I think sometimes they're a little less invested and they're kind of a bit more following the players um, yeah it just strikes me as a bit odd it does yeah um, I mean in terms of Jimmy and, and, and Trey like who 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 do you want as the as the cube? Obviously, it's been decided now, but you know, before it had happened, who was your kind of preference in terms of that? Um, my preference was to give Trey the, the 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 lead. You know, you don't sell the house on a, on a draft pick. You don't trade up. You don't go and you know give away the first and second rounds for the next couple of years unless you are sure that that's your guy. Yeah. Um, totally get that he didn't play last year. A, there was rumors he was injured, but he didn't play his last year in college. He didn't know the playbook. He didn't know, you know, there was a, a progression that he needed to go through. Justin Fields got thrown in at the deep end at, at Chicago team that, you know, he didn't do too well in. 
you might argue that yourselves, you know, with Wilson throwing in Lawrence Fields, they may and Jones, I suppose, they may have got the experience early, but is it a good experience for some of those guys? Was it, you know, it strengthened them maybe, but is it also jaded and whereas, you know, Lance has managed to sit there and watch, learn the playbook, he's got a better I think all round team around him. He's you yeah. know, we were a playoff team. We should still be a playoff team just because we swapped out. If he can come in and play the game management that Jimmy was able to do when he was fit, we should be in the playoffs. I think, yeah. you know, as you're saying, you know, what would be a, what would be success for the Jets for the for the Niners looking at the roster, looking at who we've got, looking at who we traded for, looking at the defense. We should be pushing the Rams for division champs, and we should be definitely in the playoffs. And that's not including the uplift that I think Trey brings from Jimmy. Jimmy has really great in the pocket, gunslinger sort of approach, but you know, the athleticism that Trey brings, the ability to extend plays, maybe with his legs, get down the field a bit more, maybe a bit more zip on his arm, get it down the field. But, you know, I think that gives us that little bit more. So it was inevitable he was going to do it. It just seems that people got blinded by Jimmy got us so far. So therefore he must be, you know, the saviour. You can't knock what Jimmy done from our team. You know, we were in the doldrums when he joined us. And he took him, you know, four years ago, we were, you know, first round draft picks was was a guaranteed. We were all, you know, we picked first, but that's why we got Bosa, to be frankly. Yeah. So, you know, we can't forget that he took us from a team worst in the league. And over a four year period, we, you know, went to the Super Bowl, we went to an NFC Championship game. We had, you know, winning seasons. Yes, the couple of seasons where we didn't do too well, and you know, busted me and whatever else. So he's done brilliantly for what he was brought in to do, and we've got to thank him for that. But it's the nature of the beast; it's business. You know, Trey's there. He's sitting there. He's the the, the fan base. You know, demanding he takes over. So it makes more sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it's it's one of those you've got to know when the time's right to move on from a player as well. And I think. You know, to bring a kind of UK perspective on that, someone who was really good at that in terms of a different sport and in football was Alex Ferguson, wasn't he? He knew no. when to move on from a player. He he was always a year ahead, you know. So, you know, wherever he's going, they may get another solid year out of him. But the decline was happening, and he and he knew that. And I think that's sometimes maybe not the case in in the NFL. There is that loyalty to players sometimes, and and not actually recognizing oh, there's a decline coming here. And, I think it's one, one more season. One more season will be yeah. fine. I think Big I think Ben was possibly the. Well, yeah, exactly. Big Ben's a big example of that. You know, it's yeah. that, that history, isn't it, of, of him and having led the Steelers and been their quarterback for such a long time. I think one, one last run, Ben. One last run, and it didn't work yeah. too well for them this season. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, we're starting to see it a lot more. You know, we look at um, over the last few years, like uh, Todd Gurley's an example of that. Like Rams new to cut the losses there and, and, and kind of move on. Um, you know, uh, Le'Veon Bell sat out of the year, Steelers were like, well, you know what, that's fine. And then you've got, you've, you're a year out, uh, removed from it and, and it didn't go well for him at the Jets. And then wherever else he's been, you know, Chiefs, Ravens. You know, Bounced like around that. since then, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think he, he was on the books at one point, wasn't he, when they won it? Everyone ends up on the books at the moment, it seems. Yeah, so... <laughs> Start to see it a lot more in the NFL, but there is always going to be that case of you know, yeah, let's have one, let's have one more ride, one, you know, the last one last dance is one last hurrah, let's you know, give you one last one last run at the bowl and stuff, yeah, yeah. But I think you're right, I think the I think the cost cap has maybe changed 
the way things are. But I know it's it's a fluctuating target. You know, some teams can play with it a lot more than others. But I do think that has led to a lot more. You know, you don't get a, a one team, one player anymore. You know, you think the Niners greats, and you think of the Jets players and stuff. You know, signed for the Jets, drafted by the Jets, signed for the Jets, played just for the Jets. You can't think that people, you know, not many players can do that now. Yeah. Because of the cap and the teams have to balance things out, have to play things around. They have to take the cheaper rookies at the, you know, at the positions because they can't afford to pay them because the cap hit last year and it's going to continue. I mean, it's going to probably ease off as the cap starts to increase again over the next couple of years. But I mean, that's why this year it's been an off season of some crazy, crazy payments and crazy trades. I mean, they've, as I was saying about um, Debo's agent, he needs to go down to Duval and talk to Trent Bulk and you know the agent of Christian Kirk and take them out to dinner because <laughs> that trade set off a you know a domino effect and just insane sort of money thrown around for players that initially I mean that Christian Kirk one I think everyone was a bit like it's not really a big contract for somebody that was. You know, a, a middle of the road receiver. You yeah. wouldn't say he's in the elite. So it did set the tone for you know AJ Brown going and that cast recent one. There's a lot of big contracts that have come out because of that, and I think it is because you know teams have the cap space; they can move it around and they can go with the win now scenario. We need a big star. We need a we've got a hole to you know to fill, so we need to get somebody in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and you know, talking about Devo, he's he's he really is. The, the, the last of the dominoes now, isn't he? You know, McLaurin's got his contract, McKay's just got his contract, you know, so like in terms of wide receivers, he's he's the one left now. See, AJ got traded and got his contract, Marquise got traded and got his contract. So realistically, Debo's, Debo's the last one. Obviously, we were like heavily linked to him before the draft. And, mm. and that ty- obviously, Tyreek got traded and got you know, forgetting Tyreek as well, Devontae Adams. Yeah, of course. Yeah, down to Miami. And, and the shift in where these are playing now has been. Monumental this off season. It's probably been one of the biggest shifts in terms of wide wide receivers I've seen since following the Jets in the NFL. Yeah, I've never seen. You're right. I've never seen such you know positional star players. It's not even you know a, a, a standard you know wide receivers move here, there, but it's star wide receivers who are suddenly upping and leaving. And it's like, what does that do to you know going forward and everything else? Which is great because that leads us on to our next topic, which is going to be about fantasy football. So um, I know we were, uh, both of us are in the, the same fantasy football league, the British Lions feeder league for the uh, British fantasy football. Um, it's kind of how we've met and how we've kind of ended up in this scenario. But I mean, it's new to me. I don't know how many leagues you're in. Are you playing? Are you an avid? Too many to count. Yeah, I've been doing it for about. This is be six seasons. The first one was 2017. I did one league, one league only that year, um, just with a bunch of workmates. Um, we were for, at the time, but anyway. We still got the league going. Actually, got our draft coming up a couple of weeks. Uh, we were for Sky over here. Hey. Um, so we've got uh, well, one of the lads actually that's in, in our league. Liam, he's he's part of that as well. I think he's before you or after you in the draft at the minute. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so started then, and then it's just kind of increased from there. So that was originally you know started redraft. Then I moved the next year, dipped the toes into the dynasty league, and then in the superflex leagues, best ball, IDP leagues, and you know I've even this year gone one step further uh, and doing a salary cap league as well. So we get oh, our own salary cap, and we have to create a team from it. And 
a lot of the guys who are in that league and a lot of the guys that do a lot of the, uh, quite big in the UK scene. So they're with like Five Yard Rush and the UK oh, wow. and things like that. So it's quite a lot of the guys that do that stuff. Um, the JTT ball and that sort of stuff. Yeah, they're, they're in that league. It's also been great to kind of meet these guys who are quite, do quite a lot in the fancy community within the UK and, and actually being yeah. a league with them as well. It's quite a unique league as well, the salary cap. So, so yeah, yeah look, I, I love, love the fantasy. It's um, just a brilliant part of the part of the game. I've been doing it a long time for our football, our soccer for our US viewers over here. Um, so then be able to move into this. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I'm a very statty kind of person i love that sort of stuff so being able to look at it and work it out and who i want to go for is it's just i love it mate it's 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 what i'm about i say i mean i just dip my toe in it this is like my first proper go at it you know looked at it from afar and as a uk guy it's like i don't understand where did you get all the info from because you know not really delving into it i tried it i mean i say that i tried it like back in 95 on a yahoo website and it was just like Oh, it was horrible. I mean, you had no way of doing it because you were so removed from all the news and everything else. Yeah. I think obviously now with Twitter and social feeds and instant access to stuff, it's so much more, you know, accessible for, for us across the, you know, across the other side of the world to still catch all the data, catch all the analysis and get involved. And as you say, the UK side of it is actually, you know, growing and spinning up, you know, the Brit Tower stuff and the UK FC, FFC that happened just a couple of weeks ago when everyone met up in, the UK, in London. So yeah, this is this is like I'm just like a sponge at the minute. Everything's coming in with like I'm in leagues all over the place, dynasty leagues, trying to work out what that means and redrafts and bar- best balls and everyone's going, Well, have you done this, that and the other? It's like, oh, no, no, no. And somebody and then somebody went, Well, why don't you set your own league up? And I thought, hang on, commission that's 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 like another level. I don't <laughs> want to get anywhere near that. But yeah, I just wondered what, you know, from our side. I've just noticed, as I say, just started out, but because I'm in a couple of international leagues, have you found that there's a bit of a you know, when the UK go to sleep and the US guys are like, why are you taking so long? I mean, I've noticed a little bit of that when it's, you know, do you think that the US guys are still a little bit, you know, US-centric when they don't realise they're in an international league when they're drafting and people are asleep? Because it's, it's, you know, the time zones don't quite equate to there sometimes. Um, to be honest, I've found the leagues I've been in have been quite quite good when it comes to the draft side of things. I've not had that kind of pressure or question around why what's taking so long and I think um, what really helps is like you just say oh, look, from the UK and I'll be you know times there's one league where I'm the only UK guy in it there's 11 Americans oh, in wow. it. I just picked up an orphan team off, off Twitter and, and joined in it was a, actually a Devi league so there's another one for you where you, I can, you draft uh, college players um, oh. so, so yeah so like I, I'll just drop messages and say look it's uh, you know this time it's midnight in the UK I'm of course, they've got work tomorrow or, or whatnot. It's, it's late, so if it gets to me, I'll be making you pick in six, seven hours, whenever I get up, kind of thing as well. So, I found um, I found the guys are quite good, especially when you let them know. You know, you go in bed or whatever, what time it is. I think the thing where our um, kind of kind of falls down a little bit is, I think they're trying to take a little bit more advantage when it comes to like mm. trades and things like that. That's where I'm finding. Um, you know, the, there's there's a there's a perception that we we might be gullible to or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. trades. As a guy's in the UK, he doesn't know what he's doing, type thing, and you know. Yeah, I mean, I got offered the other day. I've got Ezekiel Elliott, and I, I got offered um, to give Zeke and Daryl Henderson in return for Fournette and Chris Carson. Um, and I was like, you know, yeah, great, you know, Lenny, good player. I, you know, believe in Zeke this year, but I said, I can tell you now, Carson's retiring. Like he's got the same injury Quincy Nunn had at the Jets wide receiver, and he had retired because of, because of the neck. 
a day later, Chris Carson's retiring from the NFL kind of thing. So, and I said, I said, call it you are now. I was just trying to get something before he retired. So he knew it and he just, and he just thought, as you say, the UK guy will be the one that doesn't know who he took it. Exactly. And it's just that, I feel like almost like the try and under, get us to undersell it and think around it a little bit. So, um, you know, like I say, it's been it's six seasons doing it. I, I know my values now and things yeah. like that. Uh, you know, so it's, that and also the the one thing that actually, as well as the advantages, they'll then send a, a screenshot of a, a trade calculator as if that's going to ah. make me change my mind. But oh yeah, of course that's. Uh, course, yeah, suddenly the calculator says it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and the thing like, the the, the the thing that's quite quick to or that you should be quite quick to kind of understand is it. You'll have your own values for players, and not just purely mm. from a perspective, but. You know, a Niner player will hold a little bit more value to you than what a Jet player yeah, will. Um, I think I've noticed a couple of leagues I've I've, I've drafted a, a Niner player and I've gone, well, that's probably too early, but it's Kittle or it's Devo or it's yeah. one of those. You're like, oh, I'm going to go it because it is, you know, it's your own team. And you, you do sort of, as the first time round, you, you're going to do that. Whereas I think as you move from your side, you're six, seven years in, you've probably managed to, well, first of all, have you ever wanted to really trade and not draft the Jets early on? Up until the last couple of years, until you, you, know, you started to turn the corner, but do you, you you probably learn to not go with the heart too much and, and you know go with the head of the, the best player and what's going to get you points and stuff. So. Yeah, and it, I mean it is a bit more difficult this year with Brees Hall there. You know, starting mm. sort of second round in in our league, it is a sixteen man league, so I had uh, a little bit of uh, leeway with that one and taking him in the end of the second as well with the forty. Oh, that's good. That's a good place to get him now. Yeah, well, yeah, I thought it was quite good value pairing with McCaffrey, you know, so quite quite good. But yeah, you, it, it's difficult to rule head over heart sometimes, uh, especially when you're doing like, the, when we do our home draft, we, we do it live, redraft, we book a pub out, the top room in the pub, we do the live draft kind of thing. So it's sometimes difficult. Like last year, I was dead set on drafting Elijah Moore because I just heard so many good things about him. As I've done, it doesn't matter what happens at the end of this draft, I will have it's all right draft day, isn't it? Elijah Moore, no matter what. And, and actually, Michael Carter as well. I had them both by the end of it on there. And they both played the part and they did quite well. But um, yeah, it can be it can be quite difficult, especially if you've got a good team. You know, if you're a team of the Bucks, the Packers, whoever, and you've got your stars on there, then it's a little bit easier. It's a little bit easier to hide them in the bench and then bring them up, especially yeah. the Superflex and stuff like that. You can kind of get the benefit there if you're up against a, 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 a team where you can take advantage of, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, and just on that, I mean, you mentioned, you know, five-yard rush and stuff from the UK side of things. Have you got, like, go-to analysis where you go to and you, people that you listen to and you, you kind of take advantage of? I actually listen to an American podcast for mine, a uh, big one, uh, The Fantasy Footballers. I've um, mm. listened to them for quite a few years now. Um, and I find they just, they've got a really good balance in terms of, of how they, they deliver it and, and, and what they bring across and obviously it's their own opinions that they bring across but you know, it's never never one that they'll kind of denigrate anybody else's opinion you know if they don't agree with it, they don't agree with it but they won't go out of their way to to disagree with to it shoot kind of. somebody else's down type thing yeah exactly i think they're quite respectful of each other but they've got you know they're very very good at what they do um and i, I really enjoy listening to them we've got a good dynamic on the podcast as well and i've, I've you know took bits away from it that's really helped me in, in my leagues down the years like I always go back to my home redraft one because it's it was my first league, so it always means the most here. But I've made for the first year I'm, I didn't make the playoffs, but the four years following I've always made the playoffs in it. Won it the second year, runner up third and fourth year, and lost in the semi-finals last year. Um, and I've you know 
drafting the teams and building taking around. those snippets from all those different yeah. Yeah. yeah and taking it on and listening and you know listening to who they've got as sleepers and 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 mm. but, but then also those, you know those late like, round flyers that they think are going to be the high values yeah. yeah you can't just go based on purely on what they're saying you've got to also have your own hand in it as well so if you kind of draft it based on everybody else's opinion but yours it's you're not going to like the team so uh, you've yeah, got I mean, it. You can, I've done that I've done that on a, on a mock draft where you just kind of auto draft it and you see and you get the team that yeah everyone says it will be best and you look and you go yeah but yeah because yeah. I mean I mean I'm lucky I've I've got a, like an affiliation with the Let's Talk Sport Network which is a UK based one that's growing really you know massively and through there he, he's got um, Ryan Larson who does Triple FTP is his handle on Twitter he does a lot of analysis and he's been sharing so much of his info with us and Mikey B at, at the Basement Brood Fantasy Football um, he does a podcast and he's been doing some deep dives and sharing his knowledge so I'm just as I say just like a sponge trying to pick up yeah. as much info as you go into the first year so it's good to know that there are those sort of available sort of resources are out there for UK fans to get involved in it because as you say it does what I found is I'm already looking forward to Red Zone on a Sunday because there'll be teams and games where I wouldn't normally bother working in but now you yeah. suddenly go oh I've got to look in for that game because I've got a player I've got a wide receiver playing so it just adds that layer of getting involved more into the into the whole NFL and not just be focused just on the on the Niners teams or as you said not just the Jets games Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Like it's one of the big reasons I love the red zone because you've got that spread of games on there as well. Um, so then, obviously, keep an eye on, on the players. I, just kind of going back a little bit to um, you know who who we listen and follow. I think obviously I mentioned that American one. In terms of UK, there's some really good some good mm-hmm. guys out there who have um, you know analysis that come out. So you've got things like uh, Dennis the Island, which is his got some really good analysis. The FSA tweets. And um, he he's got some really good on there. Uh, Liam, I think it's Liam is his name. Um, you know, so there's some really good guys. There's another guy called Matt. Uh, Matt's got uh, I can't remember his Twitter handle. Twitter handle off the top of my name. Um, but again, um, some some really good UK-based guys who are you know starting to, um, especially well within the UK fantasy community, are, are really big big players in, in that and, and and kind of looked up to as well in terms of what they are. Yeah. The guys, you know, free content as well. They like, do it off their own back. You know, it's you know potentially just doing it to help everybody else. And there's a, yeah. there's a feeling that you know, those, as you say, those UK guys are trying to just grow the sport and grow everyone's involvement so that everyone else enjoys fantasy football as much as they do. So yeah, they're giving that content yeah. and stuff. I mean, another one I've picked up is the you know Earth's um, fantasy football playbook twenty two. I've gone out and bought that one, and he's yeah. super helpful. You know, he's been like giving tips and you know, everything else, and he's part of the five yard rush and you know, the NFL. So some great guys, really helpful, really willing to, you know, help everybody else learn to just make fantasy football a bit more fun. Absolutely. I think one of the bigger things as well with those guys is that they're not doing it to get likes and, you know, retweets or whatever. They're doing it because it's a passion for them and they want to, you know, share that with the rest of the UK fantasy community as well. Whereas I find sometimes, you know, I have these tweets from American Twitter's, you know, um, accounts and it's just to kind of get likes and, and likes and get to, to draw you in and then you go in and you go oh a bit more info and you go well yes but it'll cost you yeah, you have to subscribe to this or do that so. yeah. whereas I, I, I find a lot of guys so far and I hope that doesn't change I'm I, I doing it because I've got a passion for the, the sport and a passion for the game of fantasy football as well which is which is great. And it really comes across in there in their writing as well when they when they share that with you it really comes across that yeah, you can tell that you can tell that they're fans first and foremost not a business exactly. and they, they love it and they, they try yeah. and share their passion across absolutely I think. 
cool, Cron. It's been a it's been a good laugh. Thanks for your time, mate. I think it was a good time to, to end up there. We've covered a number of bits and fingers crossed we get to do this again. Yeah, definitely enjoyed it. Cheers, man. Always. No